Brett. How's it going? Good, Ange. How are you? Good. Are you ready for your trivia question? Yep. Keep them coming. Because you got it wrong last week. So. You did it. No, you you did it wrong. <laughs> okay. So this is a topic we have talked about a lot on this podcast. So I am expecting 100% from you. Well, it's the only topic that matters, right? Food? Yeah, that's right. It's not food. No. Oh, come on. It's coffee. Oh, nobody likes coffee. Well, I don't like coffee. How much does the average American spend on coffee per year? Average per person per year. Per person per year. Oh, so like it's $10 a day that I think people spend on a Starbucks, right? No. Uh, <laughs> isn't that right? I'll just you, give you a hint. No. You people that buy coffee. Um, but this also includes like maybe you make a lot of coffee at home. Yep. So factor in factor in like the people like you who drink nothing, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the average. It's average. So if somebody's spending ten dollars a day and then you spend nothing, that's five dollars a day, right? And then the people like me who make a lot of coffee at home. <sighs> average per person, I'd say like ten thousand dollars per person per year. Ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Give me a real answer. Is it less? $5,000? Oh my god. Are you kidding me? Even if, even if you are at your $10 per day, you're at 3600 No. 2000 Okay. 1100 Well, oh fine. Because there's people like you. I was trying to give you a hint. I was like, okay, $10 isn't actually that far off because you're at 3600 Divide it in half. You'd but then I like thought of like all of Europe and I was like, they drink coffee like fiends. Yeah, but their coffee is so much cheaper, That's which true. we know. That is true. Um, and then you and think about like Nicaragua where we went. And this was also average American. So I don't even know why we're talking about foreign countries oh, here. you tricked me again. I said average American. I said it. We can. You replay. can't prove anything. <laughs> we have recording proof. But, you know, $1,100 a year. So if we both drank coffee, that would be equivalent to us spending $2,200 a year or almost $200 a month on coffee. Now, there are some months that we spend $200 a month on groceries and everybody (laughs) knows how much we love food. (laughs) So that kind of seems like a very large budget for me still. Yeah. That's a lot of money. I don't spend anywhere near that. So um, last month, I thought I would, well, no. Yeah, last month I thought I was being very spendy because I found my old frequent buyer card at my office. If you buy 13 coffees, you get one free. And so I found I had one that I had like five on and I don't make very much, much progress. And then I found an old one where I had like seven. So I bought two coffees last month to get my free one. And I was like, oh man, I just spent, you know, like three seventy five on coffee this month. And I thought I was like extremely spendy. Apparently, a lot of people spend like three seventy five multiple times a week. Yeah, it sounds like the average person would not agree with you. Yeah. So why am I talking about this, right? Well, I think because we have this idea in this country of affording something, meaning you can like you physically have enough money in your bank account. And I want to change that mentality to be, is this worth it over all of my other long-term goals that I have? Because if I could afford something, we always keep an emergency fund in our bank account. So I could afford tomorrow to go out and buy a new car, since most of our listeners know I sold my car. But the point is, I can't actually afford that purchase because then I wouldn't have an emergency fund and I wouldn't have my savings. And those are all very important things too, right? So 
I bring all of this up because I've seen all these articles lately saying, you know, lattes are the reason millennials can't buy houses, or avocado toast is the reason millennials can't buy houses, or bachelorette parties are the reason millennials can't buy houses. And in all actuality, it's not any one of those things that is making it so millennials can't save for retirement or pay off their student loans or buy a house. It is all of those things. And it is because people are not aware of where their money is going and they are not making choices to cut back on those amounts. So. I mean, I think that's, I don't think that's a millennial problem. I feel like it's an everybody problem. It's an everybody. Yeah, absolutely. But we just make the most headlines. Yeah, of course. It's, they love to pick on us. Yep. For now, 10 years, it'll be different. But, you know, I think it is a good point. And I think, you know, I do want to speak on it because, yeah, you know, if you're going out and you're buying avocado toast, I've seen it on the menu places for over $10 for two pieces of bread with some smushed avocado on it. Now, let me tell you a secret. Okay, this might blow your mind, but bread is actually really cheap. And even if you get fancy bread... Like, per slice of bread, it is very inexpensive. And avocados, you can buy when they're in season and freeze them. And then you can just, like, pull them out and whip them up and spread them on some toast. And you can get avocados for 33 cents each. And then your toast for maybe, like, 50 cents. And for under a dollar, you can recreate that $10. And that's for us. I mean, if you're living in California, avocados are real inexpensive. Right? Don't you just get them? Yeah. Like, don't they just exist in your yard? Yeah. That's, like, my dream. Like, I just go outside and it's, like, avocados and bananas, right? You always want what you can't grow. (laughs) Um, But it's not just that, right? It's it's literally everything. And uh, bachelorette parties, I think, are another fascinating one. Because more and more, my friends have been doing bachelorette parties that are like destination, like everybody fly to Florida or everybody fly to Mexico for a weekend at an all-inclusive. Where like, I swear back in like our parents' days, bachelorette parties were like, let's go out and get hammered at the local dive bar. Right. It was just a little get together with the people that were around you. Right. Yeah. Not a big destination, like throw down. And I think sometimes you have to decide like is spending this money really giving me a better experience because like for me you know I did a very low-key bachelorette party where my friends from Indiana came up and my friends from Michigan were around and we just hung out at somebody's house and we had wine and we had games and it was a great time like I didn't need all of us to go somewhere like I just wanted to be with all of my friends you know so I think like you kind of have to pull it back sometimes and think, am I getting a better experience for this? You know, one of my one of my dad's actually biggest pet peeves right now is there's a grocery store near him that you can go shopping there and you can get a beer while you walk around. But he was like, it's $7 a beer. So who's going? And if there's a couple, people are dropping $14 to do their grocery shopping and sip a beer. Meanwhile, the same place has free coffee. (laughs) So like, okay, we just talked about the coffee budget. Now you can go get free coffee and do your shopping. That's like two for one, right? Buy one, get one. Buy one, get one, but it's all free. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I think, you know, sometimes in life you have to really just like sit down and analyze what is important to me to spend money on. And if your goals are, 
you know, I always tell people, you might say that your goal is to pay off your student loan, but if I look at your budget, I can tell you what your priorities really are. Oh, yeah, right? Because you're, you're going to do that in your sleep, right? You just pay for stuff unknowingly all the time, and you don't ever look back at it. That's what we keep saying. People need to have traceability into their spending. If you don't look back at it, you don't know what you just spent a bunch of money on this month. Right? How, who can name like everything that they bought off of Amazon in the last 30 days? Me. Well, yeah, me too, but <laughs> most people can't. Yeah. Right? I talk to people true. all the time. They're just like, they get stuff that show up to their house and they're like, I don't know what this is. Right? I totally forgot that I, what I ordered. Yeah. Like probably most people. And I think a lot of people, you know, if you showed them what they actually spent in the last 30 days, I think they would be really, really surprised by it. So honestly, a big first step is tracking your expenses, which we have mentioned numerous times on this podcast, but really understand where is my money going and does that align with what my goals are? So maybe, you know, the best first step actually is to take it back and sit down and write out three goals, like one, pay off debt, two, save an emergency fund, three, save up to buy a house, right? And if those are your three top priorities, then where does getting coffee every day fit into that? And if it doesn't, make it at home. You can make really good coffee at home. You don't have to get it out, right? Right. Bring it with you. You know, splurge on like a $4 thermos and or $8 thermos. And yeah, take the coffee with you to go. Okay, so that is another one of my pet peeves. So I bought coffee, like I said, at work last month. This is my confession. It came in, you know, the normal cardboard cup. It gets cold after like an hour. And meanwhile, when I bring my coffee from home in my Contigo, it is warm until after lunch. So, like, I'm a sipper. I'm a coffee sipper. You can't get mad at thermodynamics. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But I'm, but I'm just saying another vote for, like, if you have a nice thermos, use it and bring your coffee from home and it's just better experience. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, but yeah, you know, track your expenses. And, you know, I, I talk to some people who they are in so much debt that they just want to bury their head in the sand and pretend like it doesn't exist. And they're like, oh, but it's retail therapy. So... One lady that I was actually helping recently, she has about $15,000 of credit card debt, and then she has close to $100,000 of student loan debt. But she makes, you know, 60 grand a year, so it's possible to start digging out of this. Well, last year, she didn't want to think about all of her credit card debt, so she actually financed a truck for $28,000, and now she has that payment. She also had a subscription to, like, the Nordstrom Trunk Club, where every month they send you clothes that their, like, stylist picks for you. Mm -hmm. And then you have to pay to keep the clothes. But it's So she also had that service. She had, like, you know, all the subscriptions, Spotify, Amazon, Netflix. And I started working with her, and I said, okay, you don't get Spotify and Amazon and Netflix and Hulu. Pick one. And she was like... So this was a really funny email exchange because she was like, oh, well, I, you know, I just, I listen to podcasts on, on Spotify. So where am I supposed to get do that? And I said, you can do that on Google for free. Or Apple. Or, or Apple or Stitcher. I mean, there's a million apps, right? You know, by the time she started analyzing it, she, she 
you know, quit a lot of those. She quit doing the trunk club because that was costing a couple hundred bucks a month. She was spending, a single person spending close to $1,000 on food and going out wow. to eat every month. So she cut that back to $500, which she, now that she's done it, she's like, you know, that is still actually pretty generous of like, I can still go to happy hour with my coworkers, but I just don't go overboard and I don't pick up rounds for everybody, you know, that sort of thing. And she's at, she was actually able to start doing like the snowball debt plan where she's attacking her lowest credit card payment, you know, balance first and trying to annihilate that and move on to the next one. And the point of saying all of this is that once you start, knowledge is power, right? Once you face everything head on, even though it might seem scary and intimidating and credit card debt sucks, we all know that, right? It sucks to face it, it sucks to have it. But when you just face it and you come up with a plan, you'll realize you can get past it. But you do have to make a lot of sacrifices. Right. It's not just going to go away, right? You have to you have to make a conscious decision to make it go away. Right? Just like losing weight, right? Yeah. Usually it doesn't go away. You have to like consciously like make it a correction in your behavior to like permanently make it go away. Yeah. And I was actually going to say that I think budgeting is kind of a lot like weight loss in general, because I think it's easy to do easier to do baby steps. So instead of trying to lose like 50 pounds a week or, you know, save 50 pounds a week, um, it's easier to go kind of step by step and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lose two pounds this week, or I'm going to save, you know, $2 this week or whatever it is and do it very slowly and ratchet it up over time. And then it also helps you maintain it, right? Because kind of like with weight loss too, it's one of those things, once you get to your goal weight, you still have to maintain it. You still, you can't just all of a sudden start going back to eating cheeseburgers and ice cream for every meal. And the same for budgeting. Like you don't get to just go back to like spending the way you were. You have to adjust to your new normal, but you will adjust, right? And that's, that's what's kind of important. Right. I mean, the, the true definition of diet is from, you know, from Latin to Greek and Greek, it was diata, I think. And it meant way of living. It wasn't, it doesn't mean like, I'm on this plan that's going to fix this thing. It's just like, I'm going to change my day-to-day behavior, right? It's a behavioral change that is a permanent change. It's not a temporary solution to just get rid of something and then go back to it. Right. You know, just like you shouldn't be dieting just for like three weeks and then go back to eating, you know, 10 pound burritos every day. You know, they're really good, believe me. (laughs) But you shouldn't do it every day. Right. And I mean, the same exact thing is true for budgeting. Like, you don't just get to cut all of this impulse spending out of your life for three weeks and then after the three weeks go back to spending like a madman, right? Like, you have to make sustainable changes. And so, you know, a lot of the areas that we talk about a lot that you can probably cut money are groceries and food because you can stop going out to eat. But, you know, I think there's also a lot of spending that people do that doesn't even necessarily register with me anymore because I'm so far removed from it. Like doing something like a trunk club or, you know, even Brett, we were talking about earlier today, like annual spending on makeup for most women is off the charts, right? And right. That's, it's one of the, it's almost the biggest industry in the entire world, right? Just, right. And they get, I don't know what, $20 from me a year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think... You know, a big part is make changes and 
you'll realize that you didn't really need any of that stuff in the first place. Right? Like, you don't... It's it's compulsive because other people are doing it. So they're bad. They want to project... You know, I wouldn't say it's their bad habits, I guess. But it's their habits when they, like, are doing something that is, you know, spendy, I guess, for lack of a better term than I can think of right now. Um, They want to project that onto other people and be like, oh, yeah, I have Spotify and Netflix and Hulu, and that's totally the normal thing to do. So, right, you're kind of weird if you don't have that because that's, like, the thing, right? That's what's going on, and that's what everybody does now, right? So you should do that too, or else you should feel bad about it. Yeah. And, And once you start going backwards down this road and you start pulling these pieces out one at a time, you kind of end up feeling more snobby because you're like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And that means I know what you should be doing because nobody should be spending on all of these things at the same time, right? Or you shouldn't be doing this all the time because it's not good for your finances. But then, you know, you can't tell them not to do it. Right. You just feel like an animal. Well, and I think the big thing there too is like, it kind of goes back to that question of like, can I afford something? And the answer to that is like, not can you, not do you have the money in your bank account, but can you still hit your other goals without it? And, you know, I think a big point that I want to make there is when you're saving to buy a house, there's a lot of stuff that you cannot afford to do anymore because your goal is saving your money for a house. So, you know, I remember like when we were saving for our first house, there were multiple concerts or nights out or plays or whatever that I skipped out on going to with friends. And I had a friend one time tell me, well, I know you could afford to do this. So why aren't you? And I was like, well, define could afford because in my mind, like I didn't want to spend that $100 going to a play or concert or whatever it was because that $100 was more important to be like earmarked towards, you know, closing costs or, or fixing stuff when I bought the house. And I think people really need to kind of look at it. And I guess that goes back to your actual favorite topic of opportunity costs. <laughs> but, you know, every dollar has a purpose. And do you want, at the end of the month, do you want to wake up and all of your dollar's purposes was, you know, being blown on stuff that you don't even remember where it went? Or do you want to be able to, like, open your bank statement and be like, okay, you know, I spent a reasonable amount of money, but I saved this much and most of my dollars are accounted for. And I personally choose to do the latter and I do it repeatedly. And, you know, that's how I have had a lot of success at, you know, the age I'm at because I put more of my dollars to work for me than I choose to spend on anything else. You know, I, to to the extreme sometimes, right? Like I bike to work, most of the time so that I don't have to like spend the money on wear and tear in our vehicle. And, you know, I think, I think you have to make your choices in life, but everything is a choice. And when you say that you can't afford something or, oh, I can't save for this thing, try switching your mentality and just saying, I choose not to save for this thing and see how that feels. Because really, it is all choices. And when you think of it that way, you know, you'll kind of find yourself gravitating towards eating rice and beans a little bit more often if you know that you can get something amazing like a house out of it later. Right. Or, I mean, if I if I just get a coffee every other day for 10 years, right? So I have five years worth of coffees, but I saved five years worth of coffee expenses. If I just put all that in, you know, if I invest all that, 
And I could turn that right around and say, like, I just bought myself 10 years worth of coffee in the future. Right. right? Like, is it, was it worth, is it more worth it for me to have had that five years worth of coffee? Or is it more beneficial to me to have my future 10 years worth of coffee paid for? Well, and I think another cool way to think about it is in terms of retirement. So, you know, if your coffee is costing you $1,000 a year, and let's say, you know, how much do you make in a day, right? So let's say you make $10 an hour or so that's what, you know, $80 a a day. So how many days of freedom does it buy you if you cut out coffee? Well, we should have just made this a round number. So let's say you make $100 a day. <laughs> and so, well, we can keep it at 80. So you buy about two weeks of freedom by not having coffee every day. So, you know, just think about that. And, I, you know, I think that was a really good lesson for me to learn at a young age. Uh, my math teacher actually told me at one point, when you look at purchases, think about how many hours it took you to to make that purchase. So, you know, he told me that when I was working a minimum wage job in high school where I was making like $7 an hour and I was talking about, you know, going on a weekend trip with friends or something camping for, you know, two, it was going to cost me $200 for the weekend or something. And he's like, is it worth that many hours of work? And sometimes I think that's a really good way to think about things still. Like if I have to work, you know, two weeks to buy all my coffee for the year, out of out of the 52 weeks that I have in the year, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot of time that I'm spending working just to buy my coffee. And if you start thinking about things that way, sometimes that can help you too. Like, oh no, I'd rather have that two weeks back and I'm going to save that money and I'm going to buy my freedom. And that's something I think that's really powerful is like, what's more important to you, you know? And, and the answer is different for everybody. And if you're like, I don't give a shit about my freedom and I want to work until the day I die, then great. Like, keep guzzling coffee, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. Everybody needs to make that decision, though, for themselves. That's, again, why it comes back to if you're going to be the person that makes the decision to save on their finances and take a look at what they're spending and reduce the things and, and, you know, just work your way toward, you know, reducing debt and financial freedom and controlling your expenses and, you know, in our opinion, making a step in the right direction – you can't force that on other people, right? Right. You can't just say, like, no, you know, I don't think it's a good idea that you go spend uh, money on Spotify and Netflix and Hulu and uh, Amazon Prime and uh, Audible and whatever else, right? And use them one at a time. It's pretty wasteful. But, you know, right, that's going to that's gonna be insulting for that person until they figure it out themselves, right? Exactly. And, you know, I think that's a big thing, too, is, like, you do have to figure it out for yourself. But also like do the math yourself, right? So like, and and really that goes back to tracking expenses, but know how much your burn rate is and know what that could turn around and buy you in the future. Because I, you know, I talk to a lot of people that say like, oh, I'll never be able to retire or I'll never get this or, you know, whatever. And you could have any of that, but it's all choices in life that we're making. So, you know, one example is, you know, a lot of people think about owning their dream home someday. And they're like, what the house I have now is fine, but I really want to own a nicer home in the future. Well, you know, I think my favorite example of this is we have a a friend who's her dream her entire life was to own a beautiful lake house. And she worked her ass off for that dream. And she saved for it. And she drove like crappy beater cars forever to be able to afford this house in the future. Right. And I think 
you know, that think, look at what you're driving. Look at what your peers are driving. Do you have the nicest car out of everybody? Or do you have the shittiest car out of everybody? Because that's a choice that you're making. And, you know, Brett and I have obviously chosen to keep our transport costs very, very low. And that allows us to afford to do a lot of other things. So where I'm going with all of this is, you know, let's say that you just drive crappy cars that you can buy with cash. And that saves you a payment of $300 a month. And you save that $300 a month and you do it for 30 years because when you retire, you want to be able to buy your dream house. That gives you an extra $370,000 in three years to do whatever the hell you want with because you're not like getting a new car your entire working career. Three years? 30 30 years. 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. Sorry. (laughs) So, but yeah, in 30 years, you know, you have $370,000 to, I mean... Especially if you've already, you know, lived in a house and you have the equity from that and then you pair it with that 370000 like, you could probably get, you know, a really nice house with that. I know you could here in Michigan, so if you can't where you are, then move here. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I think, that, I mean, that's the moral of the story is you can borrow from other areas of your life to pay for things that you want. Right. right? It, it, you, don't, you don't just need to make more money. The answer isn't just like, I don't get paid enough. I mean, for, you know, I mean, for... 40% of the country, that may be the answer, but, right? There's a lot of people out there that, like, make $60,000 a year or $50,000 a year, and they're just like, I don't get paid enough money. And that you do. You right. definitely do. You you make enough money that you can cut back in other areas. And, right, if people looked at your budget or we looked at your budget, we'd definitely be able to see areas where there's money just flowing out and not coming back. Or if you look at your own budget, <laughs> right? I mean, honestly, that's the biggest problem is, and maybe that's what we should kind of conclude this episode with because we're kind of starting to ramble a little bit, but that's my challenge to you is to, for one week, track your expenses. And whether it's via Mint, via your credit cards, or if you pull out your phone every time you make a purchase and you jot it down in notes for one week, track all of your expenses and see how much do I spend per day? And then maybe we'll do it and we'll challenge you to spend less than us in a week. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Because we got like a half a pig in our freezer and vegetables. So we don't have to buy anything. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not a good challenge for us. We can't lose. You you regularly go like five or six days in a row without spending any money. So yeah, so we we actually got in the car tonight to go out to dinner, which woo yeah splurge for us. Uh, at the start, you know, of every month, which we're recording this, you know, in the beginning of August, and uh, we always reset our odometer so we can keep track of how many miles we're driving in a month. And Brett was like, "Wait, so you haven't driven the car yet this month?" And I was like, "Nope, <laughs> nope." So I mean, we even go days without like driving the car and days without spending money. But I I challenge you, um, first, you know, see how much you spend in a week. And then second, how many no spend days can you do in a row? Because Brad, I don't know if you remember this, but when we when we first started dating, we did a no spend September. Yeah, we've we've done it several times since then. Where we just spend, obviously, we still paid our, our, you know, cable bill or utilities or whatever. Not cable. Don't have cable. Internet, utilities, rent, right? We were still responsible human beings. But outside of the necessities, we did not spend money. So even like groceries, we literally just ate out of our pantries for a month. 
And that was a really fun time. So, hey, September is next month. That's right. We'll have to do another No Spend September and report back on it. All right. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I think I think we can wrap this up and just, you know say, you know try and cut back on the avocado toast, try and cut back on the coffees, try and cut back on the gym memberships and the exercise and the service plans and the digital streaming media and the cable and the satellite radio and right just just pick a few things and just you know are you paying for those things? Do you definitely need them every day? Are they adding enough value that you know you? I'd be happier with the cheeseburger, right, for the the cost of those those you know monthly service fees. And I'd be happier hoarding my money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Money in the Bank. Make sure to subscribe to us on the iTunes or Stitcher app so that you get weekly alerts every time we post a podcast. Or if you want, you can visit my website, moneyinthebankpodcast.com. And if you want to reach out with any questions or further comments, please email me at angie at moneyinthebankpodcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Money in the Bank.